When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everyone. It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 58 for May 7th, 2019. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. I'm Tony B. from New Jersey. What's happening, brother? What's up? Uh, it's some a little technical problems today, so we got started a little late, but we are live. Very unusual. Yeah, it happens to us. For listeners yeah, of this show. technical sh- problems. <laughs> listeners of the show now. Um, but let me just make sure we're live on the page here, which is slow to load. He said load. <laughs> there it is. Uh, at least that's working. Yay. All right. Here we are live. Live on the Cover Band Central Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Cover Band Central. Mm-hmm. Join us. And I'm going to join us live now. Put that there. On editing, what? That's not what I wanted to do. Oh, really? Our Salutations and thank you for joining us for Wisdom Hour. Yes. Now, okay, good. That worked. And share in a group. Group. Sharing in the Caravan Central Facebook group. All right, so hopefully we'll get somebody to join us live. We haven't had anybody join us live lately. All right, come join us live. But it looks Episode like... Episode 58. We're looking good here. Okay, cool. Cool, man. How was your week? Awesome, brother. How about yours? It was good. It was, it's been busy, man. I never have a... I never get a break. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you don't breaks. either. You with need to make your own breaks. Yes. But you have a new job and stuff. How's the new job going? Yeah, great. Awesome. Cool. Busy. Things go very quickly. But having fun. Are you? Always good to have fun during the day. You know, that's what I always say. Always good to have fun. I agree. And that's why I try to refer to my job. I go to work, but I play music. So Yes, my you work don't work an instrument. Well, you do, but yes. you know what I mean. But my work is play. I get to go to play. I get to go See, play. Not work ha- it, baby. Not I have to go to work. It's I get to go play. Yes. Yeah, so, any interesting uh, developments this week? Playing? Yeah. Um, do tell. Yeah, actually. Um, but first, before I do tell that, I went to Jazz Fest on Saturday which is the annual music festival down here in New Orleans. 
that runs over two uh, weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one uh, uh, on two different weeks. So it's an eight-day kind of thing. And they have big name max here, headliners. It was supposed to be the Rolling Stones this year, and then they canceled their their uh, their tour. Right, yep. You see, I think it was Dave Matthews Band, right? Dave Matthews Band is the one I went to see. And uh, got to hang with some friends of mine that I haven't seen in a long time um, from New York, from Long Island. Um, two of them still live in Long Island, and two of them live in Florida now. But um, they came into town specifically for Jazz Fest and hung out with them the night before and brought them around town. It, it's interesting when I, when I have people in here, uh, when I see people here that I know and they come here, and I, I bring them around town and show them like places I play and introduce them to people that I know or or have them come watch bands that I know or that I played with. It's it's interesting how I see it from a different perspective, you know, sort of through their eyes. Um, it it gives me a whole new appreciation for for being here and for being able to do this. Um, that's fun. So we did that Friday night and then. Uh, Saturday went to Jazz Fest and it was, it was projected to rain and it, in the morning, dude, it was pouring buckets, thunder, lightning, everything. And then it just stopped and then there was a little drizzle later and then nothing. And then the day was gorgeous. It was just outstanding weather, like the the, the perfect temperature, not too sunny. Um, and then, but the clouds did clear later and it was sunny. I got a little bit of sunburn. Um, but uh, good times, man. Um, so I got, I saw, we're walking around, when you walk around Jazz Fest, it's, there's stages, there's, uh, two big, like, main stages on either side, it's, it's, it's held at fairgrounds, it's a, uh, a horse race track, um, so they have, uh, every, you know, all the stages set up, and, and on either end, there's a big stage, and then in between, there's smaller stages, a bunch of them, um, kind of all over the place. So there's concessions and, and a lot of crafts, a lot of food, um, and uh, and then a lot of music. And the first artist that I saw playing there was somebody that I've met. His name is um, Troy Turner, and he is the son of Ike and Tina Turner. Ah. Yeah. And he was playing, and I, I've met him before, and I've, I've actually jammed with him before, and this is years ago. He was uh, just came into a club we were playing, and he got up on stage and played a song or two. I, I think we did like Red House, and you know something else like that. Um, probably just like a blues jam. And so I I got to see him play, and the bass player in his band was somebody I know too. I don't remember the guy's name, but I I've met him before, and I've seen him play. Real good bass player. So this was on a smaller stage, but it was really uh, like a packed tent watching them play and uh man when you see a good blues guitar player dude it's just like nothing else you know oh yeah somebody who can really just really feel it um so that was fun to watch and then we made our way to the main stage where dave was going to be playing and there was a band on there before that i had never heard of and we got there early um, to see most of their set because we, we want to get a good spot for Dave Matthews. And the band's name is Galactic, and they're from New Orleans. Um, and I'd never heard of them before, never s- see, you know, seen the play, heard their music, anything. And, dude, 
blew me away, this band. They were kind of a, like, they were a jam band um, with, with blues and jazz influences, but a lot of rock influence, too. And they had four horn players. They had a uh, uh, slide trombone, two trumpets, and a saxophone. And, uh, you know, bass, drums, keys, guitar. And outstanding, dude. Just, uh Well, that's very cool. Yeah, just watching these, you know, musicians jam like that. They had a bunch of songs that were just instrumentals, and they were just jamming and trading off solos and stuff. And there was one that was just, uh, it was staying in E the whole time. It was like just E, E, you know, and then eventually they went to the four and went to the five like you would do in a blues tune. But they would do this just long jam where they just stayed in E, and it was so cool. It was just, it's so interesting how, like, a good musician can really make something without changing the chords, you know, and just keep keep making music out of it. Um, but then a girl came out to sing after, like, that's the first song I saw uh, was this long jam thing. And then this girl came out to sing, and I found out later her name is Erica Falls. And, dude, this, there, I, d- I don't know how this girl is not a super mega star right now because she, uh, she's like Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin in one. Like, unbelievable, phenomenal singer. Just had a complete command of the stage. Just a gorgeous tone, killer range. Ugh. Blew me away. Wow. Erica Falls. And she, it turns out, like, did some research on her. It turns out, and she's also a New Orleans uh, person, and she did a lot of work at Jazz Fest. She played with, uh, there was an Aretha tribute that she uh, was part of, and a bunch of other bands. I think she was playing there every day in in one band or another. Um, so that's true, like, New Orleans musicians right there. I mean, that's the real deal. And that's what I was thinking while I was watching that band. I was like, you know, my little dog and pony thing that I do on Bourbon Street is nothing compared to this, man. This is the real deal. Like, that's... Real deal. That's the real deal music. And not to put myself down, I guess, but um, I really uh, still, after 36 years of playing, I still aspire to get to that level of that good and that big a stage. Just... You know, it, it gives me, it, it inspires me. Uh, I mean, it, whereas um, maybe 20, 30 years ago it would depress me <laughs> because I'd be like, oh, we'd never be that good. It, it really inspires me to just, uh, just to want to get better, you know, and want to play with new musicians and meet new people. It never gets old, you know. Oh, that's the thing we always try to take away from music, right? You try to be inspired by it and not be jealous of, you know, other people's successes or other people's talent, but you see it and you say, wow, you enjoy it, you know, and you revel in it and you vicariously live through them, you know, as you witness it. And then you're right, you take something away from it. So you're, it, it makes us better each time we experience something like that. You know, when we, when we step away from it, we are already better because our mindset has been changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then did you get to see Dave Matthews' band, too? And I did see Dave Matthews, and um, fantastic, again, amazing band. They have um, a new keyboard player, and this is his first tour, and this guy just looked, I mean, as as good as you can imagine somebody in Dave Matthews' band being. Uh, and killer voice, too, just like uh, great range, because he was singing a little bit. 
and uh, this was this was a really cool thing too. Part of the Dave Matthews show. I now I know Dave Matthews songs. I know the the popular ones. You know, basically, um, and I know the album tracks from uh, what's what's the name of that the, the popular one that the one his breakthrough album, uh, something in dreaming. Awake and Dreaming. Something oh, like Under the Table. Under the Table and Dreaming, yeah. Okay. Um, so I know like all the album tracks from that. Um, in fact, we did, when I was playing with you, I'm pretty sure we played a Dave Matthews song, didn't we? Yeah, we used to play Ants Marching. Did we play Ants Marching? I thought we did What we, What Would You Say. Or maybe we did both. Uh, we may have done both. Yeah. Definitely Ants Marching. Yeah. Ants Marching is this big one. So he opened with... What would you say? And close with Ants Marching. Uh, actually, he did an encore. He did a all along the Watchtower. Um, but uh, he had a couple guests come up too, um, or not two, but he had some guests come up. Um, and the first one was uh, a guy who played kind of a guitar um, thing, or, or, or no, it was like a slide guitar, but it looked like a guitar. It was weird, uh, but he was really good. I, and I don't remember his name. But the next one he brought out was um, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, which is the the new New Orleans Seminole jazz band they play at the Preservation Hall which is um you know just like a, one of the first places uh, of the birth of jazz and there's uh you know they they do shows there they they do um all acoustic they no mics on anything so uh, it's a lot of horns and piano and you know um and it's a really killer experience if anybody go comes to New Orleans that's something that's a must do um but one of the guys in the Preservation Hall band is somebody I actually know. And th it's th the most of the guys in the Preservation Hall band are older guys, you know, like total New Orleans classic. They've been around for decades, been through every hurricane, you know. Um, and but one of the guys plays trumpet, his name's Brandon Lewis. And I actually know him. I was roommates or housemates with him about five or six years ago I was living at this house my friend Danny um, I rented a room there and he was a singer and I used to play with him and he would rent rooms in his house to other musicians and a lot came and went while I was living there and one of the guys that came in was this guy Brandon um, black guy from I think he's from California um, but pretty young um, in his 30s I would say and trumpet player really good really cool guy um, very like full of love this guy and he lived the, in that house for about four or five months and he just came to New Orleans like for the first time ever and he just came seeking a job playing trumpet he had didn't know anybody didn't know what he was going to do he just came in and found this ad to, to rent this room at Danny's house where I happen to be living and um, and then got eventually got a gig and I saw he was busking around town for a while I actually took pictures of him busking and then actually m ended up meeting some people and then worked his way up in a short a period of time, in like four years, three years maybe, to playing with the best jazz band in the city of New Orleans, the Preservation Hall Band. And I got to applaud him for that. It's so, again, inspiring to see people like that live their dream and just just come into town blindly and then achieve that that level of success like he's been on like the late shows i saw him on colbert when they had preservation all day and they they tour 
we'll replace and then sharing the stage with Dave Matthews I was like good for him man like if you know if that doesn't inspire you what what else <laughs> what else you got I yeah I mean he persevered he believed it right it was a dream he he you know he he, he pursued it with with great passion and, and it paid off for him and great love man just love yeah. that's what it's all about you know you can't be resentful of people you can't be jealous of people you can't approach and any of this as a competition and you know something i put up a meme i think it was a week or so ago on the page something about uh, other musicians aren't the competition they're our brothers and sisters and a lot of people commented in that like yeah right and that's i think that's the mentality that keeps people holds people back what do you think i do but i i think that i saw that like when uh when my youngest son Cole played out for the first time, I think I told you that it was it was refreshing to see uh, a, a camaraderie, you know, amongst these younger kids, you know, um, you know, cause Cole like eighteen to twenty three, twenty four in that you know age range, but guys were you know, guy didn't have a cable, guys quick to get you know I got a cable right here, you want to use my amp, can I use your drum rug? Do you need help bringing that stuff in? Hey, you want me to help you break your stuff down? There was like a real camaraderie and support there, you know, amongst these guys. It was really cool to see that, you know, every act that, that played, they were all, you know, they all stayed for each other's act. You know, there was no, like you said, no competition. Nobody was, you know, showing up like a minute before they had to go on and then bailing when they were done. They, you know, they, they, they respectfully sat there and, and watched each other, you know, performance and they applauded and you could see people getting into it and it was it was very cool to see like you said that brotherhood uh, amongst the a younger generation of musicians where they were all there you know it was a, a benefit you know uh, a free gig that they were doing for this art expo and, and they were you know they all were there their own volition and they all wanted to be there and like you said there was everyone was really cool so you know I think it goes both ways I can remember you know, uh, plenty of times when, when, you know, an original and cover scene w w playing in many bands over the years, especially when I was younger, there was always competition, you know? There was not a, a, as much of a camaraderie. You know, there was a few people that I made friends with, you know, that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, but the thing I found was that the bands that were more talented and... Uh, you know, had confidence in themselves and believed in what they were doing, were more apt to befriend you or to compliment you or ask you if you needed help other than bands that felt maybe more threatened, you know, and would come up with more of an attitude. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the way. It's like, and, and I, I've had that same experience with people that are really, really talented. They don't have a chip on their shoulder about anything, and they, w they understand that the benefit of of helping other people and yeah and they're usually the most humble you know and the yeah. guys with the attitudes are the guys that aren't that good yeah yeah it's like uh like tishy like brian tishy our, our friend who plays drums we did an interview with him on uh on the podcast a year and a half ago i think but he is one of the best drummers in my opinion the best rock drummer one of the best rock drummers in the world um and is one of the most humble people you'll ever meet he always he's always like 
talking about the people that he admires and he respects and how he wants to be that good and how he's working on this sort of fundamental thing that he's trying to get better at and it never ends yeah, you know a genuine nice guy you know yeah. um so yeah that i think that's if you don't already do that by default and you're but you're really thinking like what's missing in my life what am i not achieving and why it take a look at that honestly i mean really super honestly about competing against other people because you might not do it actively but you might still do it in your head you know you know you might think like oh that guy's so much better than me like and it, it, it as soon as you get that attitude you're defeating yourself you know, you look at it, you can say, you can be realist, realistic and say, yes, that person is more talented than me. But take, only take from that the will to, uh, to get better yourself, to, to inspire you to get better and appreciate the fact that you're being exposed to that. Only take that. That's it. Like any, don't entertain any other thing of like, you know, he sh he's got that gig, I should have that gig or anything. As soon as that thought comes, you got to zip it. Yeah, and I think if you struggle with that, you know, or embracing that, look inside yourself, right, to see what it is that, um, you know, maybe you fear or have an insecurity about that makes you have that sort of view or perspective on, you know, the surrounding, uh, you know, uh, situations where you go to see a band or you see a musician, like you said, or you see somebody who does anything and you say, what, you know, instead of being inspired by that person to become better, you know, you become jealous, you become angry, or you become resentful, or, you know, you have any type of negative emotion towards that, you know, you got to look inside of what is the root cause that's making you think and feel that way, you know, is it, um, you know, uh, again, is it a frustration of, you know, you, you think that you deserve to be somewhere that, that someone else is, and you're not, you know, and channel that energy into saying, well, then, you know, what do, what can I approach or do differently to help me to get there? Or what can I do differently to enjoy, you know, the opportunity that I have? Right. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. Everyone's always, you know, so many people don't look at the opportunity they currently have or the present moment and enjoy it. They're always looking ahead or looking at what they don't have and dwelling on that. And that just attracts and brings more of that. Right. Right, yeah. You know, so manifest the things that, you, you know, when you're positive and, and, and you're genuinely, you know, really genuinely uh, happy for someone else or supportive of someone else or, you know, uh, inspired by someone else, you know, th that it opens, you know, the, the frequency and the opportunity for you to get more of that in your life. Yes, absolutely. Law of attraction, buddy. Yeah, but it's a hard thing. It's a hard mindset to change. You know, you have to consciously think about it. Yeah, and, you do. You know, if you don't believe it, it, it won't work. You know, so like you said, when you when you say oh the brotherhood and you know you post things and people write back like ah yeah come on like bunch of bullshit or you know f you and you know those people they just don't get it. Yeah. You know, and, and they may never get it. And sometimes you can't. You know. Uh, change someone's mind or perspective on things and you know, that's why there's uh you know that's why the world is the way it is that we live in yeah i you know i think there's enough people out there though that are open to learning like you know you and i are open to to learning new things and learning 
more about ourselves and taking a good honest look at ourselves i think there's enough of those people out there that uh you know hopefully you know you and i doing this show and having cbc and stuff will kind of reach and really uh make a difference for them and i've already seen it but i want to give you a real uh kind of current example of this whole discussion um there is a a bass player that plays at a club i used to play at famous door on bourbon street which is the best club for bands on the street um, it's just the best location it's the, the best setup um, it's it's the longest gig it's it's the best room and um, his his name's Tommy Knapp he's a bass player and uh, I've known him for you know six or seven years now probably um, and in passing I haven't hung out with him too much I've hung out with him short periods of time here and there um, but he is an incredible bass player he is just like it's 10 levels above me as far as uh, his his technique and everything he's just he's an outstanding player and and I'll go in there sometimes and you know we're very friendly with each other we always have been and he's ver- been always very kind to me very kind to me like because I, I was I introduced him to somebody else and I said you got to see this guy play bass and he said his first thing that came out of his mouth was well you do things that really well that I, I can't do that was the first thing he said so, I mean, that shows that kind of level of respect that you get and you have for other people when you're that good and that conf- confident in, in yourself as a player and as a person. Um, but he's, he's playing in this band now, uh, and my friend Jason Mosley play, plays drums, and Jason does uh, lives every once in a while. Where, he, you know, he's, he's there in the club, he's, he's going Facebook Live, and I've caught a bunch of them. And... They started doing The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby. Familiar with that song? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and Jason sings it, and then they each take a solo break. Uh, it's the, the keyboard player, this guy Nick Nikes, who I also play with um, at the Swamp on Thursdays. And, and so a keyboard solo, a bass solo, and a drum solo. So he did a live, and I was watching it, and it came the bass solo, and I was just like, yeah. Like, uh, it, just, it was just so good. I was like, oh man, I just don't think like that when I play, you know. I Like, I don't have those kind of chops, and uh, I just, uh, you know, and, and but just in awe of it and appreciating it. So, now, uh, next week, next Thursday, Jason, that drummer, is playing with us at the Swamp, and Nick... Uh, Nikes will also be there. So the two of those guys that were in that live, except for the bass player, and I'll be the one playing bass. So I decided, well, I'm going to learn that song the way it is. I've never learned it before. And, right, right. and I'm going to introduce that idea to them. And I, Nick already asked me, I think it was last week, he said, do you know the way it is? Because we were going to jam it at, at the Swamp. And I was like, no, I, I don't. So I want those guys, those guys are... I mean, Jason is subbing. Nick is always there on Thursdays. But I want those, and I'm, you know, I'm there more often, so it's more my band than them. Um, but I want them to come into a situation where they're comfortable doing something that they do already, where I'm the one that needs to make the adjustment. Yeah. You know, rather than them coming into my home and doing what I do. You know, um, I want I want to uh, cater to them. So I lo- so I learned it. I learned the song, and then I was like. I want them to be able to do that same little solo section where they each take a solo. So I got to not 
you know, I got to do this. I, I got to learn this and learn the, these changes and learn how to solo through these chord changes. And, you know, uh, just to aspire to be anywhere near Tommy Nap, <laughs> just, to, just, just to push myself and challenge myself. So I, I did that uh, the other night. I was just sitting with my headphones on, just playing through. I played through the song a bunch of times, and then I just turned off the recording and just tried to solo over those changes. So I'm going to do that a few more times before then, but uh, I'm looking forward to that, uh, pu pushing myself. Because I don't typically do bass solos, I you know. Nobody likes bass solos. Right, but it, it'll be great, though, because, you know, you'll, you'll have run through it at home a few times. You'll be confident in what it is that you're going to do, even though you may not know exactly what you're going to do, you know, but that, that's where I think a lot of creativeness comes from is when you're comfortable with what, you know, is, um, you know, the format of what you're going to do, but you, basically, you don't exactly have everything planned out that you're going to play, right. you know? Right, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I want to feel Right, so it's organic, but you're not, you know swimming way over your head you know you're in you're in familiar waters you just don't know what direction you're going to go in and, and that can be exciting and fun you know and that's why like i said those guys probably have fun jamming it because they're they've done it so many times that they're they're comfortable with it you know and that that's when you can create the best because there's no pressure or anxiety yeah and it's a little scary to push it put me out of my comfort zone a little bit but that's a good good thing to do yeah but that's where we grow man you know yeah and i think also those two will really appreciate that i put in the effort to to you know to learn the song and to do what they do oh uh, no doubt you know, no so, doubt so that's you know that's what i'm looking for it's a show respect for them um for for because I, I really respect them both highly as musicians both of them are very very good players and i mean, jason is my favorite drummer on the street um he's just he's he's got great chops he has got a great pocket um and he's a great musician like he knows music well like he can sing, like you like he can sing um so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to that next thursday a lot of stuff going on with that band right now I don't yeah it's great man exciting fun stuff yeah there's some other stuff with that band that um we did well we did uh six sets last night on a monday night and it was normally my night off but i end up working mondays a lot anyway um but we did six sets last night, and we had just the four piece: Tracy, Sean, and we had a sub drum or a sub guitar player, this guy Sam, who did the benefit with us last week, and he has subbed with this band while I've been playing uh, two other times. And I I don't know exactly what's going on as far as executive decisions are are being made, but I think some something might be changing. As far as like him coming into the band more often, um, and perhaps weeding out one of the other guitar players, we have two already uh, that alternate weeks. Uh, but Sean has been right. frustrated with one of them, and he was saying something after we were done last night about how much how much more he likes playing with Sam, and um, so something might be changing there, um, but. Um. Yeah, so that's that's going on. <laughs> Winds of change are blowing in. But we did six sets last night, and I'm gonna, cause I don't really give myself a lot of credit for things. Like I know that I know things, um, but we did six sets last night because of me. <laughs> because I took, I started to take over the song calling, and I I just did it just because I was like, 
I know what we need to do right now. I know what we need to do right now. And normally I, I let Tracy and Sean, you know, figure it out. And it the problem, the reason I don't do that most of the time is because when everybody starts shouting out songs, then it gets very confusing on stage and get very frustrating and and you end up having a lot of dead air. But I felt like I felt like because Sam was there last night that I, I had a little bit more um, leeway for some reason. I just felt that as we were playing. And th- we started to draw some people in, and I just knew what songs we needed to do to, to make sure we kept rolling sets. And uh, Sean and Tracy were both very receptive to letting me do that. So um, for a while last night, I was just calling the show, and, and uh, we packed the room. And we we had normally we would on a Monday we would do four sets and we did six last night, so um, it was cool. I did a lot of singing too, which I enjoy. Yeah, it's always fun when like you, you, it works out that way. I I know a couple of times we played weddings and it was the same thing where just abandoned the set list and started calling audibles because the people were up dancing and you know. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking of songs that are the same tempo, same groove, you know, that are going to be similar, that are going to keep, you know, people um, on the dance floor, you know, as opposed to running down the list. And, and you know, to your point, uh, calling out audibles like that, you know, and the, the people danced all night. You know, there was no dead air and we kept people going. And it was a good friend of mine's wedding. Um, they hired the band and uh, she was very, you know, excited at the end of the night to say, like, wow, that was great. You know, it was seamless. You guys didn't stop playing. It was everyone loved it. You know, the the flow of everything and people danced and it was a good time. So there's a lot to be said for when you feel that moment of inspiration to, to you know, to grab the reins and adjust the set accordingly. And, and it works, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get a read on the room and you get a read on the people, you know, and, and that's. uh you know, whatever member of the band that hones in on that and then, uh, you know, locks locks that into the, the, the sites, that, that's, you know, let that person run with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was working, yeah, so people were letting me run with it. Um, yeah, in, in that given moment, for sure. But here's the thing, too, man, and I learned this years and years and years ago by going to see bands in Jersey, going to see the best bands, the nerds, Big Orange Cone, you know, Dog Voices, those bands that were, were killing it. Um, and probably even before that, I learned this, but it's not only the song selection. What's I think what's even more important than that is that you don't stop playing. That you just go song, song, song. You don't stop. Like there was a, um, you know, the band U U U. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're from Pennsylvania. Joe is yeah, the drummer. Yeah, they play out Camelback a lot in that area. Yeah, and they've been around forever, man. And they they're from Pennsylvania, and they won a ton of awards. Um, for so I used to play with them at the Cricket Club back in like the early '90s, like '90, '91, '92. That's how long they've been around. They have been around, and I used to go see them because my friend Rob plays keyboards. Um, I used to go see them. I want to say like 20 years ago. Um, and the thing about that is Joe, the drummer, just does not stop playing. As, as, as soon as they're on stage and they start, he does not stop. And he's the one that picks the songs. He's the one that does the set list. And that is just, a, that is, that's more important than the songs you pick. As long as you keep things moving, you look like you know what you're doing. You look so much more professional just by doing that. 
just by doing that. Don't stop playing. There should never be a moment on stage when you don't know what you're doing, when, when everybody doesn't know what they're doing, ever. And that's what made the difference last night because I was calling songs that I know work well together from one to the, that, that, that seamlessly go from one to the other. And one of the biggest reasons they do is because of the key of the song. You, you want to do songs, string songs together that are in the same key. And I was saying this to Sean last night because they were like, I, I think I'm kind of breaking through with them on, you know, trying to 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 utilize, you know, my, my ideas in this band, which they haven't really done. A and I've tried to get through, but but showing it. And then I was talking to Sean and they, Sean was Sean was so grateful last night. He was really just all smiles and, and just really very happy. And so I was explaining this to him I was about doing the keys. He's like, well, I'm a drummer and I don't know the keys. <laughs> 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 so like, I, I don't know, it made me laugh, but, um, I mean, you could like, h how would you like you as a drummer? You don't know the keys, right? You don't write them down on a set list or anything, right? No, but if Jimmy does a set list, he'll write down the keys, you know, okay. but I, I'll just look at songs and try to arrange them differently. But the, the, uh, the main thing that, you know, for us is what patches does Jimmy need to have ready for the next song, you know? So I make him up with a good string of songs, but he'll say, well, I need time. I can't go from, you know, ending that song and starting that other song immediately. I need, you know, five seconds to go in and change the patch and, you know, adjust this or change this, you know, which is okay if it's a song that starts with drums because it gives him breather time, you know? But if something's ending and then don't stop is going to, you know, immediately begin right after that um it has to be something where he's already in that patch you know right yeah so that's a thing you need to consider uh, do you do the set list for for uh Weisenheimers? no jimmy typically does them okay but then they, they we, we tweak them at you know once we get to the gig okay yeah but that's problematic too because then you have audibles or you know steve might be looking down the list or i'm looking down the list and like you know it's hard to call out if someone can't hear what you're saying, you know what I mean? Then sure. That that's a big challenge with the dead air. You know, that's something that I'm trying to rectify with these guys. Yeah, we use hand signals. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or I've gotten very good at reading lips, and a lot of musicians are very good at reading lips. Well, you know, like Kel, you know, he play, um, he was in Mr. Lovejoy, and he was saying that it's all hand signals. So for you know, their 20 most popular songs, they have a hand signal for that song. You know, so yeah. one guy's making the signal and everyone knows that that's, that's what's coming. Yeah, we have the same thing. And there, and there are signals that nobody would able <laughs> be able to figure out ever. Right, um, yeah. So the important thing, because with us, we don't use a set list so the, ever. So the important thing with us is to, as far as I'm concerned, to keep the show moving, is to make sure everybody knows what the next song is before the song that they're playing ends. Yes. Like, you need to know what the next song is. Um, so... But by putting songs together in the same key or at least a relative key that where it's the transition is going to sound smooth, like sound like it's the same song, even though it's not, because people will know the difference when you start. Like, I, I mean, I'll give you one example. We play I Love Rock and Roll and we go into Hit Me With Your Best Shot. And those two songs are both an E. And the way I Love Rock and Roll ends, it's a ringing E. So the drummer can just four count and go right into him your best shot and it's seamless and th those two songs are very similar in like in genre and in in the time when they came out your early 80s so they work fantastic together 
Um, so, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, every time we play I, I Love Rock and Roll, we should play Hit Me With Your Best Shot next because they work well together. It's like you, you find these little little tiny things that work well together and then you piece all those little groups together into one big group that right. that works. And um, so so me just me kind of taking over last night it it just proved again again to me that that works that is the difference that is what makes you professional look and sound professional on stage is just keep it moving always know what you're doing on stage always and that's a thing that people take for granted here and are sort of complacent about again in new orleans because there's a built-in crowd and you're going to be back tomorrow no matter what you know you just I don't, I don't like that. I want to strive to be better. I want to be the best. Or the best I can be. Or the best we can be, I guess. Well, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. That's for sure. So th so that's kind of a good sign for me and for this gig. And I I if the guitar player situation does change, um, he and I already have a very good rapport. Um, he is a, a highly... I was introduced to him... Even before I met him, I was told that he was like one of the best guitar players in New Orleans, and I was told that by a very good guitar player, and uh, who this guy just c totally respects him. So um, I already went into meeting him, having respect for him, not even knowing how he played or anything. Um, but yeah, you know, and and as good as you are when you're coming into a situation where you're playing in a new band, whether you're subbing or you're just the new guy. There's, it, there's struggles you're going to have, no matter how good you are, because you just don't know the songs or you don't know exactly how things work in that band or how they change things. It, it's never... That's why I, I think really good players are able to stay humble because they play with so many different people and they, they're, you know, they're humbled over and over again. You know, I know I am when I start playing with new people, because I always go into situations assuming that people know more than me. Right. Or, or that they're better than me. I always just go into that just by default. And, and by doing that, I end up being uh, open to learning immediately because I'm looking for it. Looking for, like... Well, and it also opens the whole opportunity for everyone to, to, you know, have a better experience because there's no ego and there's no, you know, controlling or, or trying to, you know, command something right out of the gate. Right. Right. You know, so you subtly add that per, your, your perspective into the gig, you know, or, or anybody for that matter. And, and it makes a huge difference because you're there to add value. You're not there to tell people what to do. Right. Right. You know, or press your will upon someone else. That makes a huge difference, you know, because everyone's then free to, to be themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You want make people, you want to make people comfortable where they can be free to be themselves. Um, be free to create, brother, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I was doing this thing last night. Like, I I like to talk on the mic. <laughs> kind of like why I like to do a podcast because I like to talk. I guess. Um, but I, I love that, uh, where I can talk on the mic and, and connect with the crowd. I'm good at it, and I enjoy it. And I, I typically do it when Tracy's going out with the tip jar. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, 
let people know that she's doing that and try to encourage them to get to the bar and I always say the name of the bartender um, and you know say make sure you're taking care of that person and and and, and I'm pretty creative with it because I, I I don't stick to a script I always kind of do it in the moment and I'm pretty good at just coming up with something in the moment I'm just feeling it because it's fun for me um, so whatever's going on in the room I and I'll, I'll talk to people and Um, and by the way, the band likes shots. So if you want to buy the band around, uh, Shelly knows what we like. So just let her know. And I've been doing that for f the last few weeks and nine times out of 10, it works nine times out of 10. Somebody buys the band around and, yeah. and that, that does so much good for everything. It gets us a free drink for one. Um, it gets people spending money at the bar for two and, and the bartender appreciates it. You know, they appreciate being, being uh, recognized and um and getting the business so um so that's fun um but uh, what was my point and, and <laughs> no go ahead you can get no you like talking on the mic was that you started that yeah i, I well I, I did that a lot last night and Sam, uh, we were doing uh it was towards the end of the night and tracy came up and she was going out with tip jar and she said can you do um can you do a, a sweet caroline somebody wants to hear it I said, yeah, sure. Um, and we're doing this without keyboards, just guitar. Um, and we've never, I never played it with Sam before. And he starts, the, the song's in B, but the song starts on an F sharp. And it is, is on an F sharp chord. Um, and he was playing B. And I, like I'm talking on the mic, and then I look over, and he's playing B. And I look over, I, I said, don't go to the five, go to F sharp, and just stay on there. And, and he's like, okay, and he did it right away, and then I kept talking. So the end of the night, we were done, and he goes, dude, I'm so sorry about that, man, that I was playing on the B. Like, I, I you know, and, and I, I, I didn't realize, like, I know you wanted to talk, and I know you stretched out, but I didn't realize. I was like, dude, please, <laughs> it's fine. But it was such a, a kind thing to do to, to, to acknowledge that, you know, even though it, it wasn't a big deal. So that's the kind of guy I want to work with. You know, so I'm happy that he's, might be in the fold yeah and like you're accustomed to the routine of talking on the mic so it's something you're used to doing right so it gives you the freedom to be able to ad lib you know what i mean because there's no pressure yeah yeah and especially songs where we can stretch out the beginning where there's music going on i always i don't like talking when there's no music no you want to have a vamp for sure yeah i don't like talking when there's no music i i, I mean i'll do it but i'd rather have I, again, it's about the not stopping, not stopping playing, keep playing. And I do one of the songs I sing all the time is Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. And that be, right. that beginning, you could just keep looping that beginning for, you know, forever. Um, and that's what what I do typically, too, with, with that is just let it loop. And I'll talk to the crowd and, and to try to encourage people to put money in the tip jar. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of tunes you can do that with. You can do that with the outfield, you know. Your love, yeah, you can, yeah. You I don't sing that, that, but yeah, you, you can vamp. Um, Goodbye to you, scandal. Yeah, that's a good one. You guys do that? You know, we do, and then we we used to also vamp the end and then introduce the band. Oh, okay. You know, break it down, bring it down. Oh, so it's the last song of the night. Goodbye to you. It, it could be, you know, or, or you could or you could open a set with it too, and 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 like you said, just vamp the beginning because the same as the beginning as, as the end, you know. Right. 
Do you remember a band called Good Girls Don't? Yeah, sure. Did you ever get to see them? Yeah, I think I actually subbed with them one time. Really? Yeah, at the junkyard. Wow, the junkyard. Who was in the band? Do you remember? Um, I don't. It was a long time ago. Because they went through a couple personnel changes, but they they always had um, Carrie played keyboards and guitar, M- Mimi played guitar, Annie was the drummer. Uh, the bass player was Terry, I believe, and the singer was this girl, Kate, Katie. Do you remember any of those people? <laughs> Maybe Terry, the bass player. That rings a bell. She's she plays with um, elevators, or at least she. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you probably know her. Yeah, that's where I remember her from. Yeah, but um, she. I've been talking to her lately. I invited her to come down, Katie, the singer. I've been talking uh-huh. to her on Facebook, and I invited her to come down here to New Orleans because I think I, I, she's got an amazing voice, man. She's was Katie in Sugar Belly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She was in the band too, then. Yeah. Um, and I, this was recently. I invited her down to come here and sing because there's a bunch of people that I've known that like yourself included that have come here and jammed with me um, and uh, uh, I, I was like you know being able to jam with uh, old Jersey friends and she's she was in a band called y- Yasker's Farm too and I told the story a while ago about when I went to the fireside after work and I was just sitting there eating a burger the bass player didn't show up and they the manager asked me to play bass and I ended up playing bass all night with that band, and that was... Yeah, my buddy Jay Russo played in Yasgur's Forum for years. Yeah. Keyboard player. And that was Katie was singing. That was the only time I ever actually jammed with her. Um, but I, you know, I know how great she is, and and I invited her down. She said she's probably going to come down at the end of the summer. I told her she can crash with me, um, you know, whatever, and I'll take her out or show her off, and I'll, I'll get her up on stage with a bunch of bands. Um, but then after I, I talked to her about that, I was like, oh, man, I haven't heard her sing in a long time so i did some some searching on uh on the interwebs and found a bunch of videos of her with sugar belly and uh uh with good girls don't good girls don't and um just uh, she's a great singer she's got the sort of janice joplin vibe melissa etheridge vibe um but killer killer tone she's got a great rock voice yeah killer um so uh, hopefully that's gonna happen that's another be jamming with another old uh, friend. Old friend from Jersey. Yeah, I love doing that. So speaking of Jersey, any uh, Chambo uh, updates? No, no Chambo updates. You and I, our next step is to figure out the Kickstarter, and I got to get uh, talk to Jim on Thursday night and see if I c- it can get uh, Chambo's contact list Right for his invite so we can invite people to the Kickstarter and see if we can start raising the bread. Right, good. Are you rehearsing Thursday? Or the GoFundMe? Yeah, yeah, more of a meeting, not not so much rehearsal. Okay. Just to go over, um, you know, set list songs, next steps, who's doing what. Because I know Lurker Park's doing a big reunion coming up, so. Right, uh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, Anthony, the bass player, has been preoccupied with that. Uh, okay. I guess learning tunes and whatnot, you know what I mean? So we have, we're not, we're not going to rehearse until he's freed up from that. Wait, so Anthony's playing bass in your band? Oh, yeah. Oh, what's... Yeah, because yeah, Kel, Kel plays with um, Mr. Lovejoy. Oh, okay. Go, going on almost a year now. Right, okay, yeah. 
right? So Anthony was filling in as a sub, and then he ended up, you know, kind of sliding into the permanent seat. And then, um, like I said, the gig we played, he was away, so Dan McCarthy filled in. Right, okay. I think I know Anthony. I think I've met him. Anthony Picone. Or, or seen him play. What other bands was he in? Do you know? Uh, he, was, he was in Weisenheimer's for a while. Right. I think either right before or right after you. Okay. Not sure. And then Lurker, and then he played, he, he, he played in a few bands. I, uh, I don't recall uh, the names, but. Yeah, that's probably how I know him, because he's in Cover Band Central in the group. I know he is. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's how I know him, because he was in your band. Yeah, good dude, great band. player, you know, good pocket. Me, me and him mesh well, always have, you know. Right. Very cool. Uh, and when's your next next gig? Do you have one on the books? Don't have one right now. Ooh. Working on it. We're gonna probably play back at the Frog again because we had a great night there. Like I said, from the last gig. So um, Jimmy's working on that. We put all our blackout dates on the calendar, you know, so to see what, what transpires from that and what kind of gigs we can get. Right. Do you still do the barn out in uh, Randolph? We have, but they've changed their, you know, again, it's, you know, they changed their, their band rotation a little bit. Same thing with like Mohawk House. And, um, you know, for a while, like I said, we were targeting for heavy weddings for a while, you know? Right. But I think we're going to go back to target the, the, the party, you know, the uh, private event party scene. I, I think um, Fourth of July weekend, we play Smoke Rise out, out on the beach out in Kinelon. Okay. Um, which we've done, you know, multiple years in a row. Um, this will be the first time in a while we're not playing for Memorial Day weekend, but I don't mind having the time off, you know. Sure. Um, but I, I I do miss playing, so I'm looking forward to to you know having a bunch of gigs coming up. Yeah, I I couldn't do it anymore, man. Now, after all this experience, almost a decade here in New Orleans, I couldn't I couldn't go weeks or months without playing. I would lose my mind. Right. <laughs> if I go like a week without playing, I still feel like something's wrong. And that's always been the case with me too, man. Like if I just go a certain amount of time without playing, I feel like something is wrong. Like something <laughs> right. Like something I, like I'm not living life properly. <laughs> it's just like this instinctual feeling that comes up. It's weird. But it's like, ah, I got to play. I have to play. I, I <laughs> I mean, it's been great now that Cole's playing bass, guitar, piano, drums, you know. I've been jamming with him. There you go. He come, he'll come down and play every night, you know. He plays something so every cool, night. That's so cool, dude. That, is, that makes me so happy, man. You know, or rotates instruments. So, yeah, so the other night, like I said, we're, we're jamming. And, he, and now he's playing all kinds of different songs, you know. He, he learned like four or five songs on guitar because we had an old guitar. With, you know, he, he, he restrung it, tuned it all up. Uh, he's been playing that, and then you know, bass now. Like I said, learned some Chili Peppers tunes, and and coolest of all is he's he's come up with his he's writing his own songs. Oh, nice! So he comes up with the guitar part, and then he puts the bass part to it, and puts the piano part to it, and puts the drum part to it. There you go. And then you know, I hear him jamming it. So then when I hear him jamming something really cool, I'll be like, it's funny. I'll be upstairs and I'll hear him playing something, and I'll come down and be like, what were you just playing? Like, I don't know. I was just jamming. I'm like, well, jam that again, and like record it on your phone. And then I'll sit down and jam with him. That's great, dude. What a great that's, father that's you fun. are. 
<laughs> He's such a great dad. I mean, I, it really, <laughs> just, Tony. I mean, come on, man. That's, it's just it's, natural. It's instinctual to do it. You but, know what I mean? but look, I mean, how good is that for your son for the rest of his life to have that experience with his father? Ah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I have it with my son, which is you know also incredible for me. Yeah, but I always teach him and say, you know, um, you know, when, when you go on tour, you know, take me with you. Right. But I think it's cool for him because, you know, and not that he takes it for granted, but I don't think he even realizes, but, you know, that he gets the opportunity, you know, to, 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 that I can share my experience with him, you know, playing, when he plays another instrument and I'm playing drums, I can, like, direct him and tell him to do things and, like, I can play in the pocket and I can push him or pull him, you know what I mean, and teach him, like, how to have a conversation musically. Right. Which is really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about playing with somebody where you're comfortable and you're able to be yourself. It oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it doesn't get any more real it than doesn't, that. Exactly. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. Good for you, man, and good for him. I just like I, my, my two friends, or there were four friends, but there are two married couples that were here. Like I said, we went to Jazz Fest. Both of them, uh, both of those families have children that have, uh, that play instruments, and they both uh, encourage their children to play instruments too and i and i learned that this weekend and i was like uh, same reaction i was like just ah uh, so happy that you're doing that you know i'm so happy that you have that camaraderie with your your your, your child you know like uh, and it's so good for them as people learning an instrument is such a good thing to do for anybody and it's just having that that connection with your your parents is yeah, it's a, it's a gift, and I, I like I said, I, I'm I'm blessed to be able to to do it, and you know I don't I'm grateful, you know, to have the opportunity to do it with both my boys, you know, because Chase plays too, and I, he'll be jamming us here, and I'll come down, yeah, uh, you know, and have a conversation with him too, and tell him, you know, you want to learn, you know, he's learning this, he's working on that. I'll tell him, you know, do it this way, do it that way, or work on this, and you know, you want to build up speed or, or endurance, or you want to build up something you know, that's, that's weak or, you know, play with a click or this, it's just, you know, it's like free lessons, you know? Right, right, right. That's but so it, cool, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's all good. That's so cool. Good for you. Um, yeah. So if you come in the fall, you can get to experience, uh, yeah, I can't wait. The, the, the musical, uh, carnival have going on over here. <laughs> I can't wait. You know, it's funny when we took the Korg the, uh, the other day and went through, there's like, I don't know, 300 patches. We went through every single patch, you know, to, you know, like quickly, but found cool ones, you know, and then we jammed me and him on the keyboard or we found ones that had this like cool, like rhythm, rhythmic pattern to it, you know, and if you went up the keyboard, it got faster, you know, the note got like, you know, middle C was a certain tempo. And then when you just started going up and down the keyboard, it would speed up or slow down, but it would also change the tonality of it, you know, right. and we found some cool, like real progressive things and, we were, you know, we we were looping that, and then I was jamming on the mega kit, and he was putting bass to it, and it was just, lot, you know, it's a lot of fun. Nice. I did that once in a while with my keyboard. I'll I'll just go and turn it on and just just start clicking through the patches, and and based on the sound, it inspires me to play a certain way. I I don't do that, and I I really love playing piano and keyboards, and I don't do it much at all. And I I would love to have the time. I would love to have like CBCB so successful where it's running like clockwork and you know it's making me a ton of money and i just all i want to do is 
practice. <laughs> get better at instruments. Yeah, exactly. Like get better, be a better bass player, be a better piano player, be a better guitar player, be a better singer. Learn. I want to learn how to play saxophone. Like, uh, uh, if uh, that's my ideal life, Tony is like, just I I don't have to worry about working for money at all, and I, all I do is play music, and all I do is learn instruments and get better at it and jam with people. Yeah. And that's uh, one can dream, can't one. Learn how to play everything. Yes. So tomorrow in the, the CBC Musicians group on Facebook, which is the subscription group, I'm going to yes. talk about, I'm going to go back sort of to s- the basics or the genesis of uh, of CBC, wh- why I started it. And the reason I started it was because I wrote this article, which was things that I learned that made me successful that are not necessar- not necessarily conventional things that you would think of. And you and I have talked about it on uh, on the show before, but I'm going to go into the group and dig in deep to those things, and and I'm looking forward to that. And I always like I, that we get to do this podcast the night before I do that because it I when we do this when you and I have a conversation, it always inspires me even more. So um, psyched for that, and we are at an hour. So excellent. Yes. And on that note. On that note. Um, CardBandCentral.com, you can sign up for a free profile for you or your band or both. It's all free. Check it out there. Uh, there's links to everything there, too, uh, to the articles that we've discussed and other ones. And uh, there's a forum. We're also on Facebook, uh, Facebook page and Facebook group. And there's the Facebook paid group. And you can buy the book Cover Band Riches on the website. It wraps up 58. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.